Hey, welcome to the pre-roll for Electric Liberty Land, episode number 150. 150, guys, we did it. We made a perfectly arbitrary milestone. God damn, I'm proud of us. Mostly me, done most of the work. You guys really haven't contributed much. Anyway, you can start contributing, though, you lazy sacks. Number one, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. You can join, get in on our secret pride group as little as $2, $5 for all of our bonus content. And we've got that new tier for Nittany level. If you get in at 50 bucks, you get to choose a conspiracy corner after three months. You get to choose a movie for us to review. And we're going to add on some other stuff as well. So check that out. Patreon.com forward slash Lions of Liberty. Also, if you are in Los Angeles, November 15th, we are going to be doing, and I say me and Mark are the we, John Lazy Bastard in Pittsburgh. Odermatt's not going to be out here. But Mark and I will be opening up as the speakers at the fundraiser for the Libertarian Party that's occurring. It is a rockin' fundraiser with several punk bands playing. Also, keynote speaker Adam Kokesh will be going on after us. And that's going to be down at Surf Dogs Bar and Grill. You can find a link to buy tickets for the event at the show notes, lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL150. All right, let's get on into it. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land, here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty, with your host, Brian McWilliams. Who do you think has the nicer set of jugs, Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris? Oh, you mean Kamala Harris, the mayor chick? Yeah, the mayor chick or whatever. She has, like, uh, titties, two of them. And then the other one also has a couple. I go with the white chick. I don't do you go with the white titties? care for the... Uh, Why is it that you take the like the white gazumbas over the, the black titties? Her ideology is not breast-like at all. Um, I actually thought I entered a time warp and went back a hundred years because I could not believe somebody was asking this question. What question? Yeah, you said, who's got the biggest, the nicer titties, Elizabeth Warren or Kamala Harris? So continue on. What did you think on the answer to that question? I don't have a qu- an answer to that question. I'm you had to pick between the two sets of gazumbas. By the question. I won't even repeat it. It's so offensive. But go ahead. This is a state of political discourse in America. That's why we have three people that own uh, 50% the, the same amount of wealth as the bottom 50%. Because, because of the titty situation? Yeah, exactly. Because of th- this is the level of discourse. But I'm not going to speak, so you're going to have a very boring... Well, it kind of feels like you are speaking. Okay, but I'm not anymore. Bye. I know that mental illness can come in pairs. Of titties? or a phenomena. What were you saying about a pair? Yeah, like that you guys are, are paired together in this absurd... Um, continue on asking the questions that you... What are you guys doing your interview about? Yeah, we're doing our interview about Modi and the war in Kashmir and, and the end of the world, the climate crisis, but you're concerned about titties. So go on and, and, and answer, you know. Well, okay. Um, do you prefer left titty or right titty? Don't answer I'm an anti-porn activist, as a matter of fact, but you're not going to get an interview from me about the subject because I want... What's your favorite anti-porn? Is it, like, is it people's ants? Uh, one last question. If a woman is president, the days that they're on their periods, would a vice president have to step up? Your mother would be very ashamed that you're doing this kind of work. Seriously. Who do you work for? Vice.com. Are you familiar with Vice.com? I am familiar with Vice. This is something that Vice is doing? Shame on uh, it's a Vice piece, yeah. I'm like shocked. You can see I'm speechless here because they do some pretty good political stuff. It can't be Vice. 
Not your precious vice. Anyways, it was nice meeting you guys. Yeah, nice Thanks. Meeting you. Uh, nice meeting you. Oh, yeah. So that obviously was not me out there doing man on the street. The work of Jesus out there, Titty Jesus. That was, in fact, the guest for today's show, Mr. Ryan Long, who's going to be joining me in just a moment. But I wanted to play that entire Man on the Street segment Ryan did so you guys know exactly why I brought him on the show, past the fact that he's just a, a very, very funny comedian and also enjoyed a lot of his stand-up where I was checking out on YouTube. Um, this video was posted in the Lions of Liberty forum by one of our listeners, which, of course, you guys can go take part, go to Facebook, type in Lions of Liberty forum. If you're not some uh, bizarre weirdo who's flashing dicks all the time at us, and maybe if you are, it just depends on the shape and the size of it and if we really, really enjoy it. But answer a couple questions. Tell them you heard about it here on Electric Liberty Land. We'll let you write it. But I wanted to share that because it just, it was absolutely genius. He's got a lot of them on his page. And after the interview was over, Ryan had told me about another segment he did as well, which I encourage you guys to check out. I put it over at the show notes, which you heard at the top of the show, but check that out because it's basically a skit that he did for Torontopia about uh, government taking over the weed industry there because the government has basically a monopoly on weed that they've given themselves. So he has a fantastic sketch on that. All right, so as mentioned, I am here with comedian Ryan Long. Ryan, what's up, man? Welcome to Electric Liberty Land. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I found you, as I was talking to you a little bit before we uh, started the show proper, I, I found out about you because one of the people in our Lions of Liberty forum had posted a, uh, a hilarious video of you uh, going to some of these events. You know, I think, I think it was like an anti-Trump uh, rally, and, and we'll talk more about this later, but it was a hilarious yeah. video about, you know, what candidate has the, the greatest tits, which is a uh, premise-wise fantastic. But <laughs> but before we get into that, I want to know a little bit more about you. You know, and uh, I know you're Canadian. You told me you just moved to to the U.S. a couple months ago. But, you know, tell me a little bit about... Yeah, I just your, got my your, green card official, so no ice getting rid of me. Oh, congratulations. Ice isn't beating down your door, at least not without uh, somebody specifically requesting them. Yeah, they do beat down my door, and then I just throw the green card in their face, and they have to take off. <laughs> you're using the green card to chop up cocaine, and they're like, you're lucky that's not our, our purview, buddy. We're going to send somebody <laughs> else to take care of that. <laughs> yeah they can do anything <laughs> but yeah man so you know tell me a little bit about your background uh you know how you got into comedy and you know i'm curious to see if you have a political bent uh and and what that would be and if that has led you into kind of the comedy that you're doing now yeah yeah for sure so uh, the like pretty short version of it is when i was like i kind of uh when i was young i like maybe like uh even like 15 i was i had a band in canada that was pretty successful and I was super into doing videos. Like I was big into Tom Green. And well, hold on, hold on. I got to know what the band is now. I got to, we have to know that the band name is so people can Google it later. Oh, okay. So I had a band called all of this. If you go to RyanLongComedy.com, it's all, all of this. You can uh, corroborate and look at the links if you want. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I had played in a band called the Johnstones. It was like a punk band. And then um, yeah, nice. so we were pretty successful in band. There were like a lot of songs on like the much on the MTV countdown. And, oh, like, nice, man. Tours and, and then, uh, because of that, my videos and all the stuff I was doing, I eventually got a, a TV show, which was me like doing a lot of on the street stuff and messing with people. And then I had a couple different shows that like came from that. And then during that time, I started doing stand up comedy. So I've been doing stand up for about ten years now, and I became like a one of the kind of main headliners in my country. Mm -hmm. And 
did a lot of tours and I, there was a there's a club called the corner comedy club that i was for, for the last like five years i was kind of one of the guys that would do like three shows a night there for for a long time and then uh during that whole time i, I have a cbc series which is like our national broadcaster uh yeah. called trontopia and then also i i have built up the video department for the hardtimes.net which is a, a satire site, kind of like Young Ying, but a bit like punk rock stuff. Yeah. And I did all their videos and I've kind of built up all the traffic and, and we kind of have a couple of TV series in development for that. And then so now I moved to New York. I've been here for two months and I've gotten in with a bunch of the comedy clubs. So things are going pretty good. And then, uh, so the, the video you're talking about is, so it's almost like a funny throwback in the sense that, so I, I used to like have TV shows doing all that kind of stuff. And I moved to America and I was like, you know what, I'm going to try to, because I was doing so much stuff and doing all this press and everyone was like finding out about me. I'm like, I'm going to do a little series for my Instagram yeah. and kind of, in my opinion, do like a professional version of what people <laughs> are doing. Cause I'm like, I used to essentially do this stuff for a living. And I just, I did this little series of about 10 videos, just like messing with people asking like crazy questions. And then they all got like, a lot of them went viral and it got like a ton of traffic. So I think a lot of people heard about it. Yeah, man. I mean, they're, they're, cool. they're Awesome. Yeah. I see, you know, a few of them I watched, you know, like I said, I watched the one with where you're asking at, at this Trump rally and, uh, or, or was it, a, was it at a Trump rally or was it at a feminist rally or the, or the women's yeah, march? So, where was this? taking? So, so basically every, every, every Friday or no, every Saturday in New York, they do an impeachment rally. <laughs> <laughs> people, people don't have a lot to do for the city that never fucking sleeps. Right. They really, uh, <laughs> managed to find time to do this, this dumb shit a lot. It, it's so wild. They do it every single Friday. <laughs> <laughs> they just get up like, all right, we're doing it again. Like, uh, yeah, it hasn't worked apparently. You know, he hasn't gotten beat. And then, well, keep uh, at it. So <laughs> yeah. So I think my like in terms of the political then, like, so I, um, I, I actually, uh, I, I, I went to school for like economics, and I actually made this like podcast. Uh, what so my podcast is called the Fuckonomics Podcast, like FCKonomics, which is like me and another comedian has an economics degree, like talking about you know whatever culture and all different sorts. Yeah, of it's stuff. awesome. But, are you still? Are, <laughs> do you still keep up with that? Is it still going on? Yeah, so we do. Yeah, we do it every week. So it's, oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. Good. Yeah, and there's uh, the one guy still in Toronto, but he's moving here too soon. So, we're, But we've been doing it with the two original guys, which was the, the, what the original podcast was anyway. But mm -hmm. and actually, it's funny because I, I, I know that uh, like I am into like a lot of this liberty stuff. And I, I, I actually listened to your podcast and I forgot that I did a – one thing you might think is kind of cool. So I did – I got a series on CBC, which is like a national broadcaster. So it's like, you know, ours, it's funded by the government, right? Mm -hmm. And I did a libertarian sketch, which was – because in Canada, the government took over the pot market, right? So if you know like Right, marijuana, yeah, yeah, totally. Like, our government took it over and they like, you know, did a, it made it a big mess and it was, it was a nightmare, right? Like as you would, yeah, like, who would, who would ever see that coming, right? In a million years, who would have thought? <laughs> yeah. So I, so my sketch was called government weed dispensaries and it was kind of like the government getting like, we're taking over all the weed stores. All right. Now, does anyone know how to sell weed? And the one just like, <laughs> my hand, how does it feel? Really? Like they none, of them, <laughs> none of them know the first thing about it, but they're like, taking it over. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll link to that. I'll, I'll find it. Yeah. I'll find it. I'll make sure to link to that. Uh, so if, I'll, cause I'll link I to everything for you at, at, I'll link to your website and then I'll also link to it in our show notes, uh, which will be at lionsofliberty.com. Yeah, I think, I think your oh, fans might like that. It was, there isn't a lot of like, I know there's weedy internet that does some cool like stuff like that, but so I, I mean, I'm actually seeing Lou Perez that, tonight. He's in uh, Santa Monica. I'm going to go up and see his, uh, his hashtag free hate speech tour. Oh, no way. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I think he's really, I mean, him have like chatted about various like things over the years and I was, we've, we've been meaning to like hook up now that I'm in New York. So yeah. I like what he's doing. He's done some really funny things, but so I think as far as the political thing, I think 
I kind of always had a little bit of a, a bend to like, you know, whatever freedom versus uh, safety. And, you know, that's kind of the way that my mind works. And even, I, I mean, even like coming up in the punk rock scene, I've always kind of uh, and to, like being an, doing an economics degree and kind of being like, I've always essentially been uh, contrarian to like the environment that I grew up in, which is right. Yeah. Well, of course people always associate anarchy and punk rock together uh, inevitably now. So (laughs) of course. Yeah. But it's, but I would like to say that I'm far more of like an artist. Like I would say that I'm more of an artist than, than I am a, uh, my politics are maybe informed by like what the culture is at that time, but more so I'm an artist. So I, I kind of always am, am, uh, I'm always like skeptical always when anyone's uh, politics start to like inform their art and it starts to become propaganda. Right. So, you know, that's something that like everyone struggles with the idea that, so a lot of times it's, it's an energy thing, right? Like I kind of have that, like a lot of times I'll be pretty, you know, like making fun of like gay people or whatever. Right. I would do that in New York or Toronto, but if I was in some place where people were homophobic, I like wouldn't feel like I'd want to do that. Right. Right. Yeah. You want to play into the biases you want to challenge or or you might challenge the biases the other way. You don't want to play into them and kind of reassociate people's uh, stereotypes. Yeah. And it's, I don't even know if it's that it's, it's not even that that's what I want to do. It's that I kind of like instinctually know that's the way to make better things. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it's an energy thing, right? But yeah, kind of like the type of thing that I like to make. I'm like, you know, like I would consider myself like a satirist at, at, at its core, right? So I think a lot of times that I do have, uh, you know, you can, you, it's funny watching the 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 comedy culture change right now because, you know, the way we talk about it, I mean, to put it in like, you know, uh, economic terms or whatever, it's like there's just a clear market inefficiency, right? It's mm-hmm. like you go to... Because, you know, after every show, I like do pretty like offensive stuff, but, but I, I don't think it's that offensive, but people do. And they go, like, oh, wow, I can't believe you get away with that. And you're like, well, I do every night and no one cares. You know what I mean? And then you turn on the TV and be like, oh, my God, this is the worst or Twitter or whatever. So the real there's 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 a real disconnect between what people actually want to hear and what the media is pretending they want to hear. Right. So it's kind of like. My, my friend Danny says that he had a good quote about this. He's like, it's like you go to everyone in middle America and you go, this is what you like now. And they go, no, it's not. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's like, you know, it seems like everything's almost patronizing. You know, it's like all the comedies that you see, the, the sitcoms that are coming out and a lot of the mainstream comedy, it's very patronizing. It's very, you know, it's like they're trying to grind people down and, and convince them of a way of thinking. And people like I think as, as a subconscious level reject that automatically because they know people are trying to make a point rather than just be funny. And, you know, that's one of the yeah. things that I just think is, has gotten so lost in, in comedy culture. And, and it's great. Like I was watching some of the videos of just your stand up. was one video I was watching of, you know, black family, white family thing you did, which is really funny and molesting versus mm-hmm. fighting. Um, Thanks, yeah, it's very, 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 very funny stuff. But, you know, it's like even when we're talking about the videos of you going in and talking to these people, it's like people get so in kind of embedded in their biases or in their political way of thinking that it's now completely hampered their ability to see what's funny or to take a step back outside of themselves and laugh and understand satire. Like that's what really hit me, man. It's like, you're talking to these people and it's like the concept you're, 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 you're asking who's got the best titties that's running for president. It's clearly a ridiculous question. And these people can't seem to understand that. And they address it as though it is fact. It's like, it just, it's blowing my mind. The more people are really, really sure about their beliefs, the easier it is to fuck with them, right? Oh, for sure. And this is like, so that's why, like, you know, Ali G and those guys, like, I, I you know, it's, it's like an art form of, but really, 
the easiest people to mess with are the people that are the most sure of their beliefs. Right. But it's, and then it just always changes, right? Like it really used to be probably really easy to mess with like religious people. And that used to be like a fun thing to do. Whereas now it's almost like people like that have their like backs against the wall. Cause they know they're yeah. like a bit of a punchline. Right. So, so, so if I went, I was like messing with a Christian, they'd have the attitude more of like, yeah, I know. Like, everyone's <laughs> <a> <laughs> so yeah, it's like, it's like the winners, the people who like in their mind, they're like, killing and they're so right it's not even funny those are the funnest people to make fun of right and that target's always like moving but it's always a weird time too like with right now i mean this isn't like a new concept other people have always just said this but they're like this is 10 percent, like a loud 10 percent that thinks that and the rest of the 90 percent doesn't they don't yeah. give a shit yeah so it's, it's it, like Exactly right. Well, it's, I mean, it's, I think it's always, it's like that vocal majority, but then, you know, you you do see the popularity of, you know, comedy like yours and comedy like, you know, we were talking before, cause I'd saw on your Instagram, a picture of you and uh, Louis J Gomez, who is uh, of course on the Legion of Skanks with, uh, with Dave Smith, yeah, you know, man, yeah. and you know, they're, their comedy is like similar to what you and I, I think find funny, which is just, you know, it, you can say the most atrocious things to people. And as long as they are funny, as long as they're hitting that core, that core of like, you know, it, it's like the subconscious, I know what's funny. I'm just going to laugh, so, you know, unconsciously. I'm just going to have this, this See, reaction. I would, go, to something. I would go, I would, I would take that even a little further, like comedically and my perspective is more that it's funny because you're not supposed to say it in the sense yeah. that like, so but that will change. And I, I see that changing as well. Like if you go to a club and there's like a bunch of people that are like saying the fucking most gross stuff in the world, you're like, it kind of feels like not funny to do it now. Mm. You know what I mean? The same, that's like, it becomes pandering, right? Like you're going to see a lot of that in two years because really everyone's starting to be like, I'm sick of this. And you kind of right. have the, the equivalent of like triggered much. Like there's an entire generation of like hacky comics that got like rejuvenated by this like movement because before they actually were kind of like saying outdated, like racist shit. Yeah. <laughs> and then now <laughs> they became like, they became like free, free speech warriors. So it's like, it almost, it works both ways. Right. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's like, really interesting. I, I, I hadn't thought about that because I, you know, one thing I'd been observing for sure is, you know, with this whole anti-Trump, like, like the state of comedy uh, with Trump in, in the office for me has just been so upsetting to watch because it's, you know, it's like that people just the lamest jokes, you, you see the punchlines coming. So I was lamenting the state of comedy in that way. But also to your point, you make a fantastic point that, yeah, you do get away, not you, but, you know, comics that are more hacky do for sure get away with just pushing that boundary the opposite direction in the hackiest manner. And you're absolutely right. I didn't, I never really thought about the, uh, the flip side of that coin. Yeah. I mean, they, the whole generation of comedy was rejuvenated, right? Like, like, I mean, saying poo isn't inherently funny, but if you're eight years old and you're at church and your mom <laughs> says, if you say poo, you're dead. All of a sudden that became hilarious. Like if your brother <laughs> and you, it's like, who's going to say it first? Like, whatever. It's just like this inherent like naughtiness that like comedy stems from. Right. And it's like, if you're in a room full of people that are telling you to say it, it's no, not longer naughty. It's like pandering now. Right. Right. Which is to me, it's like gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Well, by the way, I wanted to ask you something too about, you know, I wanted to compare and contrast, you know, you just came over from Canada a couple months ago, you know, you're official, you're here. Um, hey, what's the difference? Is there any difference in the comedy culture between the two? I mean, our countries are pretty similar, but there's mm -hmm. definite differences there. Obviously people always think of Canada being as far more polite, but you know, we've got the Jordan Petersons of the world who hail from Canada. Um, and <laughs> so I'm wondering, you know, what, have you seen a difference? Uh, does it, does it matter? Have you changed uh, your routine at all? Are you seeing a different crowd, uh, crowd reaction at all? Well, the, there's two parts of it. So the biggest, uh, the biggest like part of it is that, so 
like we our politics follow yours right so like canada has the same and like the kind of our woke stuff follows yours are like pretty much the same face so does everyone yeah. else in the world right like you can go to most corners of the world and like this this stuff's like caught on right right but the problem with like a country like Canada, it's the same as like anywhere that's smaller is there's no room for a counterculture, right? So like in America, like Comedy Central and like all of the mainstream comedy is essentially run by like, essentially run by women. And it's kind of has that like a very specific, yeah. like, yeah. you know, what, what, I mean, whatever, it doesn't need to be explained. Everyone's like uh, alive to see it. Right. But <laughs> so everyone knows like what, what's being pushed right now as far as comedy and people aren't, it's not really doing well, but there's a big counterculture. And I mean, to be honest, like, Joe Rogan special, like Chappelle, like these people are destroying those people and they're like, they have huge careers and they're very famous. So the problem is that small place is there isn't enough room for a counterculture, especially mm. financially. So, so really it's like that stuff runs everything. The, it'd be like, the, you know, the radio singles essentially is like, there's enough for five bands. So it really softens it out in the sense that there's no, there's, there's no room for like, in America, there's these like metal bands that no one's heard of that are doing stadiums. You know what I mean? Like right, we don't yeah. have a version of that. We <laughs> have like you're kind of a darling of the of Canada, or you're not, right? And I think even Britain's a little more like that. But that's what America and New York has. So I, I for the last like five years, I mean, I, I, mean, I would say for the last like year and a half, I've been you know making television for my whole life, and um, you can see what happened, right? They basically said men are not going to be like in television anymore. Oh, oh 100%. Like, like, yeah. 100%. Well, I was just so talking to a, another comedian about the same thing named uh, Ryan Stout. Not, not sure if you're familiar with him or not, but yeah, yeah it's the same thing. It's you know, everything. And I know, you know, I, I do screenwriting as well. I do comedy screenwriting and, it's like, you yeah. know, every single program, you know, every writer's project, every uh, recruitment, you know, looking for new writers, they explicitly are like, no, pretty much no white men. You can be anything but a white man and you're, and but you're good. You don't disappear. So what happened? It's like all of those people started podcasts and then podcasts essentially became the biggest medium. Yeah. And podcasts is all run by men and that's what YouTube now. All run. So it's like, it, it's like you can't, you can re-engineer it, but it's like, this is their market at the end of the day. Right. So what happens? Like literally it used to be like all men are in TV and you're like, okay, well that's not going to happen anymore. And you're like, okay, well, Mr. Nail podcast are the biggest thing. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's just, this is what it is, right? You can't, if you said like, this is what happened in music too, kind of, they had a big push and they're like, hip hop's the only music now. And it's like, yep. okay, so then DJ, DJs happened and like tattooed, like skateboardy white kids, they used to be in bands. Now they form, now they're DJs and they're selling out these huge places. So and now it's all uh, Asian pop bands with and men that look like women uh, that are 16. I don't know. It's, it's a crazy yeah, world. <laughs> right? So you, no, you can't, you can't, you can't make me all disappear. But what, so when I moved to New York, I feel like for the last, like, a uh, year, half a year and a half. I feel like every interview I've I've gone to with like a television company or production company, there's been a very big like, listen, like it's a big problem that you're like a white dude. Like, could we? I've had this conversation twenty times. Like, could we get like a female lead, perhaps? Like, could you right. maybe like produce and write the show, but like find blah blah blah. And it's like, and then it was like even even explicitly like networks, you know, saying like, listen, like there's no way we're going to do the show with a white dude. Like, is there any way we can do it? Blah, blah. And I, I feel like that I didn't feel that as much in New York. Like I haven't felt as much like when I came to America that I like, when you walk into a room, there's like an energy of like another white guy. Like I kind mm. of felt that less here. I think that's because the artists rule it a little more like in New York, like the comics seem to be more in charge. The artists seem to be more in charge where they, they have more power. So it's like, 
the like fake industry rules that are invented. No one like respects them the same way that they do in a smaller place. Mm. Well, it's like, I mean, out here in Hollywood, obviously it's ultra, ultra, uh, you know, woke, woke town. So it's, it like, is, but who's the biggest people, right? Like Joe Rogan's still like, Oh, Rogan's know, still killing still, it for like, sure. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's still, I mean? there's still yeah. the killers. I mean, look, you got Bill Burr is still a Titan of industry and he's the, as white as you right. could possibly so get. Actual big star that's just, like, that's bigger than these people. That's like a woke person. Like, I don't think that there's any like, actual like comedy central branded like woke comedy that's like competing with these people so they're not winning they're like getting destroyed. oh no that's well that's exactly right though i was I, that's what i was going to bring up next is it's kind of interesting to me and you know you look at the marketplace and and just the amount of content they're putting out is just specifically you know centered towards the woke generation or you know hyper diverse or these you know centered towards minority uh, groups or minorities for now that are going to be not minorities soon but you know it's like i can understand it but at the same time like we're talking about before you don't really have shows that are biggest, you know, they're not like the hits before because it does seem a little bit like when you're trying to make a when you're trying to make content based around a concept rather than just around comedy, around the uh, the premise and about the best talent, it's going to be a lower quality, and that's it. Feels like that's what we're seeing. And I remember, God, I was I reading the Hollywood always made up tons of garbage, but well, there's <laughs> there's, a, there's no don't get me wrong, there's a lot of garbage out there. It's like I mean, I swear to God, watching sitcoms from the eighties. Holy shit, man. If you watch a sitcom from the 80s lately and you're just like this, I hey, th- this was on television. People got paid to write this. But um, but no, yeah, but the what, industry's always giving out a pile of junk. Yeah, always. <laughs> but but what it was crazy, like I was reading an episode or a uh, an issue of the Hollywood Reporter, it was like the women and diversity issue. And I just remember reading this one person's complaint was that she was a Native American woman, Native American heritage, and she's like, I just can't seem to get Native American uh specific content made for Native Americans, and I don't know why. And it's like well, you're appealing to an ultra, ultra minority here. Yeah, and we're going to, you know, the right. entire broader country has to be partaking <laughs> in this entertainment, but yet it doesn't stop them from publishing this shit in The Hollywood Reporter and making it as though it's this like big crime against humanity rather than simply a matter of economics and appealing to the broader population of the broader culture. <laughs> yeah, they think everything should be propaganda for their cause. It used to be religion. I mean, it's not, but I guess I don't see it as much as like political, as much as just the industry's always got some new fucking thing. Like no. the one time it'll be like kids will be into emo and now they don't like Trump. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, you know, it is, it is fascinating how Trump's just overtaken everything as, you know, the topic du jour. And like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you're probably sick of hearing about Trump as I am, although it's, it definitely plays no, well care. for your yeah, comedy. I don't, I don't care. But it's just like, God damn, man, just going out. You can't. It's almost like when you go out with people, you have to think about whether or not you want to bring up the Trump issue and, you know, whether or not you want to go down that road. And it's almost awkward with you. Don't it's like it's like when somebody has, you know, somebody, somebody tragic accident happened to somebody and you don't want to bring it up. But, you know, at some point it's going to happen. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's a weird thing. (laughs) There's so many people that like if you look at their Facebook like three years ago. It's like, you know, they were like, I was, I'm they were normal human beings. The fuck they were into. <laughs> yeah. 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 And now like their whole identity is they don't like Trump. <laughs> oh dude. Yeah. It's just exactly. It's like people have just transformed into this, like, uh, you know, this militia. Or they like Trump. Yeah. Or their yeah. Identities, they like Trump. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. There's one guy, uh, an Instagram guy I follow who's a, a friend or a relationship to a friend. And it's all he does is post Trump or post Trump memes. And he does, he does it. You know, it's like this, it's the culture counterculture because like anything, you know, we see this with comedy as well. You've got the 
ultra, ultra Trump people, the progressives. And then you've got the Trump people who I'm sure some of them legitimately like Trump. They like what he's doing economically, or maybe they just like the fact that he's, you know, not an establishment guy. But at the same time, you know, they're just embracing their troll and just they know like the left's reaction is so ridiculous. Like we saw in your yeah. video, they just they can't yeah, take that, a joke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they go, they lose their mind. So it's hard not to keep poking that bear just to see it dance. Yeah, well, they don't see this as something that you should be joking about, right? Like, yeah, if yeah. you go, like, it's the same thing. If you're at church, it's like, and you're like, oh, you can't take a joke. You're like, you're not allowed to make jokes, here, <laughs> right? And no one, and no one's an exception. Like, this is, this is like, this time is life or death. So we're all going to die tomorrow. <laughs> right. And, and, oh, you think you can make jokes? Like, this is very serious stuff. And you're like, well, me and my friends don't think so. So you can be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's like you've got to, and, and I guess part of the problem with that is that, you know, it's, it, Donald Trump's so ripe for comedy is that he's he's almost he is a walking joke himself. And that, I think, is part of the I problem know. is that these people, you know, I, I think they've lost their sense of humor a lot because, you know, it's what can you do with this topic? It's like The Daily Show, you know, used to be genius under Jon Stewart. Uh, and now I can't I can't turn it on because they just make jokes which are so obvious because trump is trump what can you do you know how can you add on to this this, this creation that has been plopped down in front of us who is a satire of himself and when you've got that in front of you it's like the joke's there like you, you you've lost your ability to see beyond that joke from now on yeah it's a weird like spot that all these people are kind of in i mean it works against uh like it works against uh people that even are that would essentially be their team or whatever. Like I would consider myself not on a team. I guess that's what kind of libertarians. Yeah, do, yeah, right? exactly. But no, no it, team. F middle fingers up in yeah. both sides. All, all just spinning in circles. Yeah, yeah, middle yeah. fingers. That's why it's the coolest one, I guess. Right? But the, um, <laughs> well, not until the, everybody until everybody starts liking it, then we'll have to find something new. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I always go back and forth. Though. So I'm, I, I remember before I'm like, I think I'm a libertarian, and I'm like, ah, oh, maybe I'm not. I don't know. Whatever. But that doesn't even matter. <laughs> like the the. the part, Hey, hey, don't, you like, can't vote in this country anyway, so who the fuck cares what you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> like if you're I know some girls, like I was making it I was like show running a show for like a girl that we had like a development deal and this uh friend of mine who's like super funny comic, but she's like a you know, she I wouldn't say like hardcore feminist as much as she just like doesn't know about this stuff that much and she's just like a really nice person in her mind. She's like, Well, yeah, it seems like we should help people. Like that's her opinion. Right. She doesn't really realize she's getting like forced to be part of the movement, but it's like she can't just make a show about like a normal woman anymore. Her show is like, even if you're, if you're like, like quote unquote on their team, like a lesbian girl or whatever, your show has to be about like being a lesbian girl. That's like hates white man. Like you right. can't just have like, I'm just a normal, like they've got to sort of like build that identity too, which is like constricting on their end too. Right. It's like, it's like Trevor Noah or like Stephen Colbert. It's like, what, what are they going to do? They have to just be like, I'm, you know, like a, I think, like an arm for these, like put like a propaganda arm for these political parties. Yeah, we'll have a quick breaky break here to tell you guys once again to check out Mance Raider, aka Pete Quinones, and his podcast, Free Man Beyond the Wall. Of course, Pete is also over at the Libertarian Institute. He is writing over there, so he is a high-thinking libertarian mind and has done some fantastic guests. You can find it anywhere podcasts are uh, Stitcher, Apple, Google, things that I don't know or care about, wherever you might want to listen to your podcast. He's there. Free Man Beyond the Wall. Of course, you can also go to freemanbeyondthewall.com. Prance to your mans, people. Tis the season. 
And while he might be kicked off Facebook and not be eligible to be in Santa's reindeer cadre, depends on the, your definition of naughty or nice, you can still give him a little podcast love this holiday season. No, exactly right. And John like, Stewart like invented a type of, you know, John Stewart's so charming and he like invented a type of comedy that did not exist anymore and before. And then, you know, what happens with everything is, which is why it's going to be gross when you see like five years from now, people like, and then this like, just, you know, here's a new podcast where they just say the N word 20 times. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Has that already been made? Cause that's my next podcast. <laughs> yeah. N word with Brian yeah, McWilliams. <laughs> It's so weird. It's what happens to like, you know, I keep bringing it back to music, but it's always what happens to bands. Like when Pink Floyd has their like bass and they're like, this is what you need to make. And they're like, okay, do we make that? Or do we like try to do something else? And they all hate us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Well, you know, let me ask you this too. I wanted to, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your fuckonomics podcast. Kind of, it's kind of changing the band a little bit because I do think it's fascinating, and I'm definitely going to start listening to that podcast. And, and shame, and actually, oh, I've nice. heard of it before, and I didn't realize you were part of it, but I got to listen to it. So, tell me a little bit about like how you know how you got into that. And so, you have an economics degree, like you went to college for specifically for economics, and then what decided that this was a yeah, I think career and you couldn't like, take it. I know I've brought it up on this podcast a couple of times just because it, it is relevant, but I feel like that's a tiny, tiny part of my life. Like the fact that I <laughs> just go for economics, but um, like I, I essentially like a math degree. Right. But um, no, what happened was again, I went to school or whatever, but like I was in this band, like by the time I was in like first year, I was like, my band was like fairly popular. So I kind of like left university right into like a career as like in entertainment essentially. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the podcast, it's like Danny Polshuk is like one of my best friends in comedy, like super funny guy. And uh, he actually went to the same school as me. And then, but we didn't know each other in school because he was a little older. But then, so we started doing this podcast. We did like two or three years. And then we added, uh, this guy, JJ Lieberman, who's, who's, who's another Jewish guy. And he's like, he's this, he, he was kind of one of the game changers in Toronto because he's like a super, like, I'll say anything. Was he, guy, was he like just a, the first Jew in Toronto? Was that why? They're like, we got one. <laughs> <laughs> diversity everybody we did it we don't kick out the inuit now we don't need that uh goddamn nobody's gay so he's gay like he fucks dude oh, double like, double jeopardy <laughs> right so yeah oh juice doesn't count i feel like didn't the jews get like kicked out of uh being ethnic now <laughs> I, th- I think uh, yeah i don't think you're allowed to count them anymore like you know put it if you put jewish out of at a college degree they're like oh that's points it's like being asian and trying to get into harvard it doesn't work anymore yeah i used to always sort of joke around that, or not joke around like kind of do jokes about this isn't the joke but like the like premise that i always talked about was the idea that people are always like white guys are the worst like you know what i mean and, oh, Jews, dude. and everyone's kind of like there's another rung at the top of that pyramid even though <laughs> white people run everything and the Jews are sweating like yeah yeah white people because <laughs> right exactly. now they're just disguised as normal white people <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's a like, I mean, I, well, I, what I love about the the aspect though that you you, know, you had a, a bit of an economics background yourself, and that you're teaming up with uh, people that have economics knowledge is that you rarely do get comedy compared you know paired with economics, and especially in the you know in our world of comedy here, you know, people typically don't have a lot past like like the girl you're talking about that you're running a show for who. You know, she's, she's this chick, she, she wants to help people. And that's about the extent of the knowledge and she, you know, the extent of her thought process into it is that it's great to have people that actually can look and say, okay, a lot of these things that are being talked about don't make any sense. A lot of the woke, you know, the woke, uh, this is being pushed here. And a lot of the social plans are not economically feasible. They're just simply going to, you know, fall apart at the seams. So, um, yeah, it's kind of fascinating. I mean, once- they all get clumped in together too, right? It's all get, oh, like, for sure. in like, 
Yeah, like it's all like you, you, like all these end things are even related. You know what I mean? Well, oh God! Well, it's like the AOC's, uh, you know, the New Green Deal. It was like, okay, we're going to rebuild society. We're going to rebuild all the buildings. No more airplanes. Also, we're going to make sure that the blacks and the minorities uh, get a fair shake in the workplace. And you're like, oh no! Wait, 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 this is supposed to be a green deal. How did this become a black and Latino? And you know, if, like, yeah, they try to. Right. It's well, like they're always know. lumping it together. Yeah. My my dad had a good like point. I think it came from him, but that I remember him saying that it's very hard to do two things at once. Right. And I, I feel like as a showrunner and a person that's made content for 20 plus years, it's like one of the biggest things I'm always like talking to people when I'm working with them is like, what are we saying here? It's, they're always like, it's about this, but it's also about this. It's like, well, you don't get to do two things. Like <laughs> you really need to figure out like what you're trying to say. And it's kind of like, what problem are we trying to solve? And they always kind of say like, okay, we need to build a cafeteria. It's like, okay, well, what if we build a cafeteria, but we also like solve the problem of get more workers of this. It's like, you don't get to do like solve five problems at once. It, right. Then you just end up like making a mess of the whole thing. Right. So it's like a lot of it's like not discipline. It's not focused. So that's like, I think a lot of times what happens is there, it's like everything kind of has to solve like 20 things at once. But then on top of that, I guess this is not on top of that necessarily, but tell me what you think of it. I feel like the most way when I'm always kind of like the libertarian thing, sometimes I feel like uh, it doesn't maybe um, I don't, I don't know if agree with it is the right word, but the, I come from Canada. Right. And like, so we're more left or whatever. Right. And I kind mm -hmm. of, I remember on the news, I've heard so many of your like, right wing or even libertarian people that there's like a big underlying thing of like what if we have public health care like what are we gonna be like canada it would be like a mess <laughs> and I kind of, it's like it's not really a mess like i'm there you know what i mean it's like right i get why it'd be hard to do here but it's like i'm kind of like that's propaganda like it, it's sort of a pain in the ass sometimes but like to me the there is i i've always kind of i guess maybe my point of view on that specific one was there's like a certain level of of uh, safety for your family mm -hmm. that would help make a more civil society. Like if everyone knows that like if their son, you know, gets his legs chopped off and he really needs like there's all this stuff and it's like, that will be covered. Like that level of safety, I think makes like a calmer society, which is maybe good. So it's like, maybe I kind of, I, I, did, I, kind I of can get, I can see that aspect of it. And I, and I think a lot of people can, can understand that. And, you know, like example on, on our podcast at one point, one of my buddies is on and he said, you know, I, if I could understand a Medicare for all kind of fallback option. And I think a lot of people can understand that. Our, you know, the worry for, uh, I think most people in libertarians is the cost and just that, you know, the government inevitably, like you're talking about, we're talking about, you know, Canada taking over the pot market and just fucking it all to hell. You know, yeah. we, we see how bad everything is. The government does how much waste there is and how, you know, just, just even Obamacare, they rolled it out. They spent, you know, 10 billion on a website that didn't work ever. And, so you see the just how bad they are at running it, and then on top of it, yeah, it needs to be like catastrophe insurance, essentially, right? Yeah, like well, that's and, that, and really I think people are for. I mean, I would, be, I would actually be, uh, even though it's uh, unlibertarian to root for any sort of government program, I, I would be for something like that, where it's just you know at the very end, like yes, if it is catastrophic, you can have some sort of fallback, in, you know, if you're at a, a certain level, then fine. But it's also like, have you know, have some skin in the game, right? Like have deductibles on small things, like yeah. there's so much medication and therapy, like so many people like probably misuse it and go to therapy and stuff like that, where you're like, you don't like if you had to even pay $10, you might not do that. Right. So it's like even just like force people to have some skin in the game and then also make this like more of a catastrophe yeah. insurance situation. But, but Canada also to, does have the, the answer. well, you guys also, it's not like, it's not like the, uh, you know, like over in the UK where it's just like the health system is the health system. There's no private insurance. <clears throat> like you guys also still have private insurance options. There's still places people can go outside of 
the national system though too right uh no like you're saying two tier I thought, well, I thought there was, I, I thought there were private uh, medical institutes, like Rand Paul, you know, flew to Canada to have a procedure done. So, you know, he doesn't have Canadian insurance, so he must have paid. So there, there are options outside of think, that, aren't there? I, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think so. I think I've heard the other thing where Canadians fly to America if they want to, like if you, if you need a surgery and you're going to have to wait like two weeks or whatever, and yeah. ASAP, you, would, well, I was you just, would fly to America. I, I, I was just talking about uh, my wife's in like a, my, so my wife's pregnant. She's going to have a baby in a few months and she's in like this oh, nice. Facebook Congrats, mommy yeah. group. Yeah. Thanks. But, um, but so one of the people on her mommy group was from Canada and she goes, yeah, she's like, you know, I, she, I guess she's either had a baby a while ago and then had an IUD, IUD put in, you know, whatever the block thing is they put in their vaginas, yeah. you know, women always shoving shit in there. So whatever it is, they, they said she had to wait a year to have the, pre, the uh, procedure to take it out a year to have a baby. And so that's like the fear that I think a lot of, a lot of us have where you go, that's fucking crazy. You know, like all you want to do yeah, is get this agree. thing out of your body. <laughs> yeah. Now you can't. Right, so it's always a slippery slope, right? It's always yep. that slippery slope where as soon as you give them an inch, they take a mile, right? You'd be like, yep. okay, well this, like, I mean, even in Canada, it's like right now it's like, okay, so everything's covered. And the big fight is like, well, like all the dental stuff should be covered. And then the big fight is like, should be this like therapy, like, it just, I guess the issue is it never stops. <laughs> right. Yeah. It never stops. And then also like you do see a lot of wait times. Yeah. Like you know, I just talked about some of the last podcast. I don't want to talk too long about it uh, again, but you know, the UK, <laughs> All like, right. so these, we, I can't solve it. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> well, just like they have the epically long wait lists and like they have like Britain's got some of the lowest cancer survival rates just because when you get to that higher tier, that's where it becomes a big problem, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I do that. understand that option of like just something to fall back on if, you know, so you know you're not going to die in a ditch. Um, you know, I mean, it's going that. bankrupt. I mean, right? It's like that essentially, yep. like, you know, someone gets cancer and you go bankrupt. Like, I don't know. But at least you're alive. Ah, would you rather be dead? Right. <laughs> 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 I mean, if, yeah. we're, if we're being honest, I'd rather be bankrupt and alive and eating SpaghettiOs in my underpants, which I've done before anyway which when I first moved to LA. I fine when it's just you. And I, I agree with that when you're talking about like a single man. Yep. But uh, usually when you're talking about a family, it's like, I think that uh, makes people, uh, makes the society that people are like, you know, want to protest and blah, blah, blah. You get a, you get unrest, a civil unrest. Yeah, true. <laughs> well, you know, people are too fight. busy protesting Donald Trump, uh, you know, being mean to on Twitter. So they've, they've been, yeah, the priorities are different places. <laughs> so that was one of my, I have a, one of my new videos that I want, I want to do a video. Like, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go to the next one again every weekend. Do, you, I, it's, it is great content, man. I'm rooting for it. So, and by the way, so you guys, I'll link to this in the show notes. Um, but you know, Ryan Long Comedy is the Instagram, and I'll link it all at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL150. So, I'll link to all this as well as Ryan's website. But yeah, you guys, everybody out there, definitely check it out. It's just absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, who's the other one I was watching? Thanks, I mean, no one's gonna like, there isn't a lot of people doing that because it's like the, the, it's, it's basically you, you gotta be, this is something I've kind of built the skill of doing for like 15 years. And then yep. it's like, it's so touchy right now that most people do it and they can't, you know, it's a very difficult time to sort of pull, pull this stuff up. I oh, think. well dude. Well, and also, honestly, I appreciate your balls in doing it because there's just a, not a lot of people that are willing to go out there and go against the left woke culture because you know, they come after you 
And they think because they're going to I'm sure there's got to be some article somewhere that says Ryan Long, alt-right comedian, you know, when clearly you're not alt-right, but that's what they'd like to, no. like to throw these around <laughs> just because you're out there being funny and making fun of these people who have just, you know, lost their minds. Well, uh, I did this stuff on my, I mean, Ali G show. I mean, no one would call us that. I mean, Sasha Baron Cohen's like new show. He kind of had to like go a little harder skewering the like left wing stuff, but mm-hmm. his original show, like he would go to feminist rallies and like, you know, talk to girls about giving them head and stuff. Like, it's like <laughs> not like to me, that's not politically charged. That's like just hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> going to anywhere where people are like taking themselves so serious and like messing with their thing to me it's just always been so fucking funny oh it's awesome oh so I, I know wanna... what the other one was wait a minute i want to i want to talk about this because this was i think brilliant too and i and ties with what we're talking about was you went to the <laughs> you went to a rally and you're like trying to get or you had something about trying to get pussy at the at yeah. the feminist rally <laughs> i'm trying to find the video scrolling through but i can't find it right now but dude that plays in exactly to a lot of what i think like ha- you know half these people they truly bought in right they're 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 in, they've been pilled, you know, they, they believe everything's going to end and the world's under Trump. Line and They're dying tomorrow. It's over. Global right, warming. We're right. dead that, tomorrow. That's half of them. And then the other half are guys like you're talking about that are at these rallies that are there and they know that they can slide in there and get that pussy by being so woke. And that this is like the path of least resistance at this point in time. And God knows they're going to change their tune in two years, whatever happens, you know, they're just going to go with the wind. But yeah, yeah course, tell me a little bit about course, that experience. Yeah. That's, oh, that's the, but that's that gross part that I was talking about where it's like, that's the thing you're going to see a lot of in the next two years. Like, and I've already started to see it because it's like people that like used to be like a little cool, but then they sort of got wrapped up in this Trump stuff. And then now they're kind of realizing that like all of the cool people like aren't fucking up, like all the cool guys <laughs> are not like into this shit, right? Yeah. Like all the funny people, like the band is not doing well on stage. Well, girls, like, girls love so bad boys, like, right? You can't be a bad boy if you're, if you're wagging your fucking finger at Donald Trump in office. Nobody likes that. No, you're a teacher, right? Like they want to yeah. be, yeah, you don't want to be like the, you don't want to be the parents telling kids like what you, you're, you realize you're like telling people what they should and shouldn't say. And you're like, oh, this isn't like cool. And you're kind of like <laughs> three years later, like getting off the train. But the problem is, now they're like i've seen people like on on uh on the internet a lot of them are like you know comedians shouldn't be told what to say and you're like by you three months ago <laughs> like, you, are you kidding me like but they're like yeah just everyone's like kind of getting off the train because it's like you know it's whatever the trend's kind of dried up like the money's been made like there's yeah. not gonna be like a new hey i hate trump comedian on the scene like you know what i mean there's not like a new stephen colbert with like a new i hate trump cake like it's over yeah no we've hit, we've hit peak outrage you know it's like well then again every time i say yeah. that of course we somehow ratchet up another level of outrage but yeah it does seem like it's just it's run its course uh let's get back I, to I maybe don't maybe we're not at peak outrage but we are at peak like the 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 play like at first it was like a scramble and the real estate's all taken like it's not <laughs> right. gonna be like another big like i hate trump netflix special that everyone's like oh shit who's this comedian yeah. like, the, god the remember on the, like, I you remember trump. how many fucking trump <laughs> shows yeah. came out by the way and like in the you know within three months of him taking office i think there were four different i hate donald trump shows that were on there it was like two animated comedy central had its own donald trump show like it's fucking madness and yeah it's all it's all gone now it's, it's uh, like you said that that gold rush has been mined clean. So, what do you think? What's what's the next thing? You're in you're in TV. You're in uh, you're you're pitching TV shows. What's the next big thing? I'll put you right on the spot. Well, so I, what? That's not on the spot for me. I I I, I think about this stuff like that's all I think about. <laughs> but <laughs> in my opinion, it's like so. If you look at what came after, you know, feminism in the '70s was essentially people like Jerry Seinfeld and really like a ba- back to basics of like deconstructionalists. So to me, 
that's what that's kind of a little bit what I'm doing. Like the, the whenever everything gets like really serious, it takes someone to sort of pull the rug under the whole thing, right? Yeah. And that's what like even Tim and Eric, like they were making fun of what like the seriousness of cable news, right? Right. So you need a mix of like good jokes that are like culturally relevant, but like the casing of what comes next to me is like a deconstructionalist, like almost like a, it's not like you're not telling a guy when, when a guy comes in with his like, I hate Trump or whatever. You're not saying like arguing the opposite. Like, this is why you're wrong. What you're saying, like all oh, like a dude coming in with his, I hate Trump opinions. And then the guy kind of like, Oh, I mean, I, like you're not going to, like if you're bu- if you and your family is like John, right? And your buddy comes in, you're like, Oh, here's Ted. He's oh, Ted's a, he's really hyped up about Trump. Like all of a sudden he doesn't want to like yell about Trump because it makes him feel like an idiot. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's this idea of like of sort of uh rolling your eyes at like people's beliefs in a yeah. way that makes them sort of like feel embarrassed to have them. Like and you should feel embarrassed. Like if you're at your family reunion and you come in and you're like arguing against your grandmother because oh, dude, right? like yeah. You should be embarrassed of that, right? So I think yeah, people, people that are, are like ditching their yeah, they're ditching their families over Thanksgiving. I mean <laughs> oh, perfect timing there for my dogs to come in and my wife. Great. We're not in the middle of a conversation no. or anything here. Get out of here, you prego. Move it. <laughs> Sorry about that. Typical, typical. All right, get along. <laughs> anyway, she's a wonderful woman. Um, anyway, no, uh, I lost my train of thought. Now, what we we're fucking talking yeah, about? Yeah, just that, like you know, that talking about. I just think that you should be embarrassed for being that person. I think that. Oh yeah. Kind of, instead of arguing those points head on, it's like I don't. I don't talk to my audience right now. Like I don't tell them like this is why that stuff's stupid. I assume they already agree with me. Yeah. So it's like. Even just some little things. Like, imagine you were saying that, like, whether I think this or not, like, let's say you were saying women are annoying, right? Like, someone like Bill Burr might say, no, no, I don't care what anyone says. Okay, women are fucking annoying. He might argue it like that, right? Yeah. Whereas I would say, hey, you know how women are annoying? And and then you just, <laughs> I would just assume they already agree with me and move past <laughs> it, right? Right. And they might, like, argue in their head, but you're already past and you're, like, either on the train. But, like, the truth is you kind of set up a scenario where people want to be, like, uh, subscribe to your perspective and they're not like questioning you every, every set of the way. Right. Yeah. I yeah. think that's what like all good cultural movements do. Right. You remember, <laughs> you remember like with, I don't know, for me, like Howard Stern was someone that I like liked him so much that it was kind of like anytime I would just subscribe to most things he thought. Like if I liked yeah. someone and he'd be like, I hate that guy. And I'm like, well, I guess I hate that guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, totally, man. I, I, I had the same thing. I mean, it's like now I, yeah, obviously now, uh, I ch- find myself challenging that a lot more, but I, I think that's also a, a product of the times where I've seen so many people, like we we're talking about earlier, where you have comedians that are are coming out and protecting free speech, who are shaming people or you know, two years earlier. Because of the cultural change, I find myself rejecting a lot of the people I used to like, and now saying I don't know. Like I, I now find myself questioning every single thing anybody says, just because I'm now too suspicious of people's biases to let anything go. But, but previously, yeah, well, I, it is I, true. I, no, I know what you're saying. There's, there's a part of that because you kind of go back. You kind of, you know, I like to think that I'm introspective to some degree myself, and I'm like, oh, what? You can't like watch a comedian that you disagree with politically, but like I kind of can't either, right? Like, yeah. And I think there is a reason for that. It's like it's because if I'm watching a movie, right, and you're like, you know, it's like just propaganda for woke stuff or whatever, yep. propaganda for whatever, right? It's like. It's not that I can't enjoy it because I disagree with it as much as I know it's compromised, right? Right. So it's exactly. Like, I know I'm watching something like do you know that you are like talk arguing with a soldier for for a movement, you're not arguing with like a human being. You're like you're arguing with someone that's like compromised. You're watching something that's compromised. And I think that if you're like a 
critical thinker, it's hard to like, hard to swallow that. You're right. And you're like, I don't know. It's a turnoff. Right. So it makes that, that, yeah. Well, you see that with a lot of TV shows now, which like, I, I have a hard time even consuming a lot of media in this, in the current era, because like Game of Thrones, for example, I don't know if you were a Game of Thrones fan or watched it, but you know, I watched, I watched this, you know, all the arc and then they got off of the books and, and went down this road where you can see as the wokeness came about, you know, even stronger, there were specific moments that just took me completely out of the show because you've got, you know, strong female characters. And of course, and if you're a writer, if you're, you know, making TV content, if you're, if you're writing and you're telling a good story, you shouldn't need to explicitly tell to people, Hey, these women are pretty strong and intelligent and they can do what a man can do because they should just be fucking doing that automatically. And, you know, you go along with it. That's the character. And I see so many times now yeah, in content, they pull you out of the show because they have to hit you over the head with this, this social message. And it's just, it's hacky. And it's now made well, me so, so turn off. Right? I mean, I remember watching Transformers and there was like a scene with a beer where they threw them the beer and then like it came down on like a line and they had this like, dolly shot on the beer and it was glistening <laughs> and the guy took it and it was like took the sip and he was like ah and i was like all right that is a bit much <laughs> and, and, and then you like, went and got a beer <laughs> yeah it's just like you're like come on that's you're shoving it in my face a little much right. here <laughs> so yeah. it's that you're like am i watching a commercial it's like especially men men don't like be cold what to do right as soon as yeah. you start yeah. to feel like like when you're with your girlfriend and you start to feel like she's, she's like, Oh, someone's, I like you, this friend of yours, blah, blah. And you're like, what are you up to right now? <laughs> you're like, you're being called something in bad faith. It feels like, like you don't want to. And that's what like a lot of times, yeah. Audiences or viewers or creators are like making something essentially in bad faith in your opinion, which makes it hard to digest. Yeah, completely. And I think that's why when you're not doing that. And I mean, that's probably why you're like podcasts with that success and stuff like that. It's like, when people aren't doing that so many times people are just like oh shit sweet like so yeah. happy that someone's like this being real just being authentic yeah exactly just being fucking authentic I mean, and that's, that's why, why i've had so many views i got like i like like last year i've been able to you know whatever make stuff and i'm not making clickbait political stuff but i'm making stuff that i think is just honest and it's like you're getting so much like you know you're feeling people's reaction to it and getting millions of views because people are just like uh like happy that someone's not lying to them anymore <laughs> well you know honestly like, I, i'm not crazy right? you need someone to sort of drive you there again but that's what that's what it is it's like a lot of people were like am i crazy and then someone's like you know kind of comes in they're like no, no they're they're trust me this this whole thing's crazy you're not crazy right yeah and they're that's like, like, okay, good. i thought i was losing my mind yeah 90 percent of the population right now is literally you know finding these videos or finding you know podcasts like like mine and yours and you know and just exactly that like that big exhale of, thank god i'm not alone you know, it's like, cause you never yeah, fucking it know it. Mad too. <laughs> yeah. It makes you, it makes you less mad too. So it's like, you know, when people talk about, uh, you know, that their comedy's helping or their art's helping, like the truth is it's not like when you rile people up, it's, it divides people. It's like, the 100%. truth is like, it, it's like one of those things where, okay. It's dishonesty makes people very mad. Right. Because if you have, okay. So take like, we're talking about a guy, let's just say a guy's name Dave. Just a, a hypothetical guy, and he's a mediocre guy. He's whatever. If someone comes in and they're like, "Dave is the best guy in the world. He is so smart. He is so funny," and you're like, "I don't know about that," and they're like, "He's amazing," <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, Dave, I saw him do this. He sucks." Like before, you know, you're arguing he's crappy, and you're like mad about it. But then if they come in the other way, and they're like, "This guy is friggin' the worst," and you're like, "I don't know, he's pretty good." And you're like, "You're <laughs> right. Like so, 
it's like really what hypes people up is when you're lying to them. And like, so it's, and people might not even know that it's just like their instinctual like mechanisms as a human is like to not like get lied to. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. Well, I think also like there's so many just kind of in, in the, the culture today, we're constantly being lectured as to what's good, what's bad, what we can say, what we can't say, what we should do, what we shouldn't do. And like, you know, I look at just, you know, stuff with like, for example, race, we've got all these different races now. And we're told constantly that, you know, we have to do this and we have to do that. And we have to, you know, respect uh, specific diversity and that, you know, there was one woman, I can't remember what school she was at arguing that to look at people and be colorblind was in fact evil uh, somehow. And that we have to sp- sp- explicitly notice people's color. And it just blows my mind because, you know, like we're talking about, it's diversive. It's, it's splitting people apart where, you know, before I remember it is the fucking, uh, not De La Soul. Who's this? this? It was like a black chick band that was super hot and I had a crush on when I, when I was a little kid. But they had this song like, free your mind and the rest will follow. Be colorblind. Don't be so shallow. Whatever that song was. I'm not doing a great rendition. But it's like colorblind was like the big thing. We got to that point And now they're like, ah, no, 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 no. You got to go back to hating each other again. We got to make sure that black people and the white people yeah, like eyeball that. each other on the street awkwardly. You know, it's like, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, it does. It does feel like it, dude. And it's like <laughs> when I so I grew up in a, like super, you know, a super multicultural area. Like all my friends were like half white, half black, and my mm-hmm. family's super multicultural. And just like the way it came up is like we used to do like a white on black football game at our school, and it was like <laughs> this wasn't it was, like literally was like our best friends. We would do it like once a month, and it was yeah. like a fun thing. And we all because it was like, hilarious, and we had like different chants and stuff. It's like yeah, because we were friends, and we didn't think we were like better than each other. Right. It was, like, <laughs> If, if, if that we, that can't happen, it's like if the underlying thing is like, but we also have to like admit that the, the black people are lower than us. Like they'd be like, what the fuck? Like yeah. you can't be friends with someone like that. It's kind of like, and if you're gonna if you're gonna be friends with someone, you have to you don't pretend things don't exist. It's like as a like if you have a friend that's like really short, it's not like no one talks about it. You're like exactly. Okay, Sure. Exactly. And you make fun of him for it. Yeah. It's like, well, it's like, you know, it's like anything. If you're being honest with yourself and honest with somebody else, you should be able to make fun of that person. You should be able to say whatever you're going to say. As long as you have a comfort level with them, you should be able to address whatever. Being friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> exactly. People, a lot of these people are, a lot of these people are like, aren't, uh, they don't, they don't like kind of, I hate like going down that at the like avenue of like, you don't have black friends as if it's like some good thing or bad thing or whatever. Yeah. It's just, but it, the truth is, it's like generally the people that are like that didn't grow up around these people because yep. the truth is like, if you're going to grow up around like a race of people or a type of people or women or men or anything, it's like, there's going to be things that you like about the culture. And then there's things that you don't like about the culture, but like that's the part that they miss is the part that you do like. They're always right. like, you're like, Oh, cause like with women, men would always be like, Oh, women are fucking annoying for this reason or whatever. But you're like, also, this is why like we like them. And I like, <laughs> like, you know, with my girl right. better than my friends. Like, so they, they leave out the positive part, right? It's like, you might say that Jamaican culture, this is what I like annoys me about it. And this is what's awesome about it. And that's yeah. the same way you would with a friend, like my friend, Chad, like this is what's annoying about him. And like, you know, like comedy is like pattern recognition, pattern recognition and like making generalizations. And literally the like entire base of it. They're like, Oh, you're not allowed to do that. And you're like, well, unfortunately, like that's how my brain works. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, 
it's well, it's you know, and that's the thing too with comedy, and, and why I, I, you know, again, uh, big fan of your comedy, and I'll obviously recommend everybody check you out. But you know, it's like comedy is at its heart; it should not have a political bias. It's just because no matter what side you you fall on, you should still be able to see the funny in a situation and say and pinpoint that with a scalpel and be like, "This is what's fucked up in this situation right here," and I'm going to talk about it. And the politics of the moment shouldn't matter. The wokeness of the moment shouldn't matter. If the funny is there, the funny is there. I mean. I've told some horrible jokes sometimes, on stage. They're just atrocious, <laughs> but but they got laughs. Yeah, but sometimes they are. Oh, sorry, sorry, I interrupted you. Sorry about that. No, go ahead. Go to me. I was well. I was gonna. I just kind of like let that sort out on that. Is like sometimes it does matter though because it's like the really it's like things. I I guess this is kind of like where I even like disagree with maybe like a Jordan Peterson a little bit sometimes because mm-hmm. like he's so against the postmodernists where it's like I think. It's like the truth is like things kind of only do matter in their cultural context a lot, especially humor. It's like mm. think about so to me a lot of the stuff like you know making fun of religion for example was only funny because it was like so taboo. Whereas now to me I find it like not funny. Yeah, there's more so, atheists than anything now, so it's kind of like meh. Yeah. <laughs> so the joke in there is still good, but the energy component of it like is like a moving target and cultural. So there is there is a part of it that when like people are funny is funny it's like well maybe but it's like you know everyone's gonna find things different and the context matters and this like if you're with your if you're with your buddies and everyone's drinking and someone has this like funny story but hooking up with a girl like that might be hilarious there but if you're if like there's a bunch of people like smoking weed and like a drunk guy runs in and he starts talking about like all this puss you'd be like what are you doing <laughs> well of course yeah so it's yeah so it is hard to like always isolate like what is like so i think there is that like purest element of comedy where it's like funny is funny. Like, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that all the time. Well, I mean, funny is funny. I mean, funny is funny, but in the context of what you were talking about, like we're, we definitely are in agreement here. I mean, funny is funny. It's, but of course it's finding something within the cultural context at the moment. You're right. Yeah. So I do agree with you because you're saying that like an audience, there is such an objective component about it where like people will be like, you know, if you're killing in front of an audience, they're like, that wasn't funny. And you're like, well, it was. I just <laughs> Right. <laughs> you are wrong about that. Yeah. There is a right or wrong thing. Yeah. So I, I do agree with you with that. But they don't, it can't expand past the context that it's in. That's probably yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. I do agree with you. We have a, we have a quorum then. Yeah. <laughs> Well, man, you know, I, this yeah. is—it's been about an hour. You've—you've you've been very gracious with your time, and uh, and honestly, it's been great talking to you. I'd love to have you back on another time, uh, especially I know you're still getting settled down in in New York, but but yeah, man, give us give me a yeah, it's been good though. Yeah, this is fun as hell. I mean, I, I really had a good time. So tell me what tell me uh tell my audience where they can find everything that you're doing, and like I said, I'm going to link to it in the show notes anyway at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ell150 but because i know people are very lazy and will not go to websites tell them where you can be found uh you know where you're going to be doing your comedy in new york where they can find you online all that good stuff uh, when does this come out uh it's going to be coming out actually on wednesday oh, look at my goddamn phone next, next wednesday, wednesday the 13th yes lucky 13 okay so don't get my shows for this weekend <laughs> yeah give them give them well, for next week <laughs> Yeah, I'm performing at like the stand in New York comedy, uh, stand of New York and a bunch of the clubs here. But I think the best way, if you, if you have Instagram or Twitter, like to add me at Ryan Long Comedy and then check out my podcast, Fuckonomics Podcast. And if you want to check out these videos, I have a, it's all on my YouTube. So youtube.com slash fat brethren, which is P H A T B R E D R E N S, or just search Ryan Long and it'll probably come up. And then, uh, some of the videos, if you if you want to check out the hardtimes.net, I do all the videos at that website. It's like a cool satire website. And then my series, Trontopia, is all on YouTube, too. So, RyanMongComedy.com. 
That's awesome. Plug. There you go. Beautiful, man. Thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thanks again for coming on, man. This is awesome. And uh, I will make sure to uh, to keep in touch. Yeah, super nice of you, man. Yeah, hit me up if you're ever in New York, too. Tell you yeah, most up. definitely. My sister lives yeah, in, uh, in Queens. Me. That's cool. Yeah, th- sorry. Yeah, hey, I had to live for me. I think that guy's awesome. Yeah, yeah, he will. I'll, I'll, I'll say what's up tonight. It's funny, uh funny connection. So I'll, I'll be seeing him in about two hours. <laughs> Yeah, even man, dude, that Trump video. Do you remember the one where it was like the comedian and they make fun of Donald Trump? That was so funny. Oh yeah, where he's just on stage, <laughs> yeah, t- hacking it up. <laughs> well, he's yeah, doing yeah. a stand up tonight, so we'll see what he does. <laughs> he was ahead of the, he was ahead of the curve with a lot of this stuff. Like uh, he was he was kind of like right out front of the gates, like uh, making some really good stuff. Oh, for sure, before, yeah. Before other people. Yeah, man. I had a, his his buddy uh, Toby Toby Marociano uh, has also been on this show. Who he was he was with We the Internet TV before, and now I think he's he's split off from doing that. But I'm curious to see if I hit, see him tonight too. But, uh, but yeah, man, I'll uh, I'll hit you up and and yeah, like I said, this is uh, this has been awesome. God bless. Good luck in uh, in the Big Apple. I know you'll be successful. Thanks, I believe buddy. in you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Good talking to you. Have a good thing. All right, so that wraps up my interview with Ryan Long, everybody. And again, you can find all of the show notes linking to everything he has done at lionsofliberty.com forward slash ELL150. And also, I do want to give a shout out again. You heard me talking about Lou Perez with Ryan. And I got to give Lou a big shout out because the event he put on with We The Internet TV was fantastic. They have a documentary called Five Reasons We Need Hate Speech, and uh, which they, it's, uh, they showed it there at the event. Lou did about... I think about 10 minutes of comedy. They did a, a showing of this documentary, which was great. And then also they had two different uh, speakers join him, including uh, Deborah. So is very uh, controversial, um, but yeah, awesome stuff, man. So there you go. I've also put that documentary at the show notes page. So you guys can check it out, watch it and support uh, Ryan and Lou. All right. Peace out my people. That'll do it for me. Brian McWilliams from the lions of Liberty. And from Electric Liberty Land, always stay plugged in to liberty.